welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 409 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, good pal Sean Orford and Alison Blackerlow who's back on the show for the third time i believe alison how are you doing you're part of the furniture here now hey i love coming on this show thank you <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you back on board um sean how are you getting on how's life uh well i had a week off last week and and just had a lot of interesting experiences that meant it would have been better not to say the week off no no it was it was i had some tough challenges last week but it was okay we survived and all nobody died and uh, relatively and uh, we all come out the other side so okay so, yeah, blimey, yeah, it's fun. Here. Fun times on planet Earth at the moment, isn't it? But uh, there we go. So we're going to, yeah. we were trying to think about what the title of this episode is, and I think we're still trying to figure that out. But um, Alison's been on the show before, so I think we're just going to kind of hear a bit more about her journey and how she's um, how she's been getting on in the last year uh, from her perspective, and then yeah, continuing continue on on that. But um, Alison, I'm going to kind of introduce you here because. Uh, just for those new to the show or re- relatively new that might not have heard n- know much about you, uh, your website says you're a transformational mind coach, facilitator, and author, which is a pretty awesome uh, title. Um, how do you, what do you consider yourself? How do you introduce yourself to people and what kind of work have you been doing over the last year? So I generally introduce myself. I do call myself a mind coach because I have got the, the therapy side of it. I originally trained as a, as a uh, counselor and CBT therapist. But then I, I do much more, I lean much more towards coaching because I work in lots of businesses and things. So I kind of feel like it's it's a sort of term I've used uh, that, that kind of works because I'm not, you know, there, there are lots of coaches out there, but they haven't got the therapeutic side. So I really am studying the mind and human behavior. So I feel that it kind of is fitting and I feel like I am qualified to, to sort of call myself that, which, um, because I do feel that my my experience and my qualifications are, are quite an unusual mix um, that gives people something different. So that's generally how I describe myself. And of course, um, nearly a year ago now, I did become a published author. Um, so I can call myself that too. Mm. Uh, and, and obviously, for those that don't know, I'd, back in the day, oh, 10 years ago, probably now, um, I shared a manuscript with Sean, the first person ever for me to show what I'd done. And I'd literally just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, no structure, nothing like that. And he had a look at it for me and said, there's a lot of work to be done, but there's definitely a book in there. Hmm. Uh, and and then off and on for years I wrote and I edited. And eventually last year, I we were all put into lockdown and Sean is waving his coffee which is amazing there it is yeah past traveled yeah we were we were put in lockdown and it was kind of I was right okay I better finish it off you know because I'd I'd been working on it off and on in between working and and running my business and life so I suppose I had no excuses but Hmm. to say right let's get this thing done so that was last April um and the book itself has done really well I'm really chuffed with how um, far it's gone and the feedback I'm getting um, it's it is on Amazon and I have got 60 amazing reviews one of which Sean has done one for me but I'm so 
um, pleased that people genuinely feel as if it seems to be a resource for them to be able to understand their mind. So I'm really, you know, I'm gl glad it's done what I wanted it to do. But obviously moving forward, you know, I wanted it to be not just a book on Amazon. I wanted it to be something that people can, you know, talk about and use. And, and I think the feedback I'm getting, it is starting to do that now, which is, which is fabulous. Um, but what I've also been doing, um, and again, it, let's try and turn lockdown into something positive, or certainly for me, I've always would love to have had an online version or an online program that's connected to what I do. And again, lockdown almost gave me the time, if you like, to be able to do that. I would never have probably got around to doing it. So I've now got a version, an online version of the book, which is a set of videos. Cool. Well, we'll talk about that because um, uh, I was just trying to think. It was episode three six two. I just looked at when you came on the show last time, which I guess was we did it on Zoom, didn't we? So it must have been last April or May, maybe something like that. Yeah, I think the book had just come out. Uh, so yeah, it, we've, we've all been through so much. I mean, not just the three of us, but everyone on planet Earth. Literally everyone on planet Earth, pretty much. I would have thought maybe there's some amazonian tribes people that are like completely oblivious as to what's what's going on and then we kind of envy them uh but sean yeah i mean when when you're when you meet with other people like allison and your your colleagues how do you do you all kind of have similar versions of how how things have gone with people in the last last year or so yeah yeah there's something important that i just want to say uh, and it's in support of allison and the work that she does is that there are two kinds of therapists and writers that I deal with. And the ones that are kind of logically trained are the ones that do things to people. And the ones that have had an emotional journey and live life and have grown through their experience do things with people. And the difference when you read a book like this is it's doing something with you, not to you. Uh, and it's like you're involved in a journey, you're invited into something as opposed to someone telling you what to do. And that's that's the magic of this kind of work. And it's the magic for me of really effective therapists and people that are kind of theoretical. Yeah. And, and so I, I want to bang your drum on that because it's, it's a really, really good book. It, it, uh, it, and it is that you feel included in it, which is the important thing. Thank you. I really appreciate you yeah. saying that, particularly because I admire your work so much. Yeah, it's um, good. It's lovely. It's good. Yeah, and I, yeah. that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted people to know that, you know, this our minds are very powerful. I wanted people to know that I, as Sean has just said, been on this massive journey myself. I was not as confident anywhere near as confident as I am today because I have worked on myself. I, I am living proof of if mm. you do understand your mind and if you find techniques to help um, challenge some of your limits you, you mm. can do you know you can do you can write a book I mean come on you know I never <laughs> thought I would be, I'd be a, a writer of a book so you know I want people to know that I genuinely get it you know I get how hard it is I, I get how lonely it can feel if you think you're the only person that's thinking in a certain way if you know family relationships are challenging or if, if relationships are challenging I get it you know, I've been there, I've, I've kind of done it all, if you like, and and I want my work to be like that. And also the book particularly mm. was speaking out about how, you know, how it had been for me. I can put my hand on my heart and say, yep, mm. I've been to all, all of those places. Mm. 
Cool. And w- when you look about idea of doing things too, or doing things with, with the work that both you and I do when you're in an organisation, the organisation is doing things to their staff, they're doing things with their staff. And yeah. the difference is phenomenal when you're in it. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Well, yeah. I agree. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens with that as because of the last year. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about before we came on about how, you know, some businesses, many businesses are kind of embracing in their unique kind of way, um, working from home, you know, and some people like it, some people don't. And for, for those that do like it, cool. But then some seem to be taking it to quite extreme and unhealthy levels uh, in terms of kind of really, really monitoring quite closely how much work people are doing while they're working at home and like to the, to the extreme where people have to be like logged into zoom all the time and like on, on camera all the time. <laughs> so, um, Alison, when you're working with your, the businesses that you work with on that side of your, of your work, how do you, do you come across ideas like that from, from kind of executives and management and try and steer them away from, from that kind of thing? I think there has been a range. I think at first, you know, if you ask a lot of people, a lot of business owners before we had this situation, you know, how what's your thoughts about people working from home? No way. The blanket answer, no chance, because there just wasn't the trust. There just wasn't the, the, the infrastructure either. And then moving forward, I think for a lot of people, because they value their job, they have worked incredibly hard, almost harder than they did when they were in the office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've really seen that. And I've really seen yeah. this sort of, um i'm not I'm sure there are some out there who have absolutely swung the lead beyond belief but in the main people have really you know been grateful for a job and worked very very hard they've created areas in their homes to allow themselves to work from home so businesses in some instances have been really pleasantly surprised that actually mm. oh gosh wow our staff really are committed and they really really do mm. do well but one of the things that i've noticed the most is this idea that you you can't have a break you know you need to be showing that you are you know I know that there are some places where if you keep moving the mouse they can tell that you keep moving the mouse so (laughs) they are you know there is ways that these computers can check to see whether somebody is there or not yeah um but I think but I've also been encouraging people to think about simulating something that is normal because it's not normal to sit at a computer for seven eight whatever your out working hours are if you were in an office, you would have a little chat with somebody at the photocopier. You would see somebody and just think, oh, can I just ask you a question? And then you'd have a little ch- chat about that or whatever. You would be popping into little offices and having little breakout meetings. And they must simulate that because otherwise it will feel very lonely. And I think that's when we're starting to see challenges with people's mental health, when they're not actually having that normal and they feel like they can't leave their computers in case their boss spots them. Well, hang on a minute. That's not normal. Uh, so uh, it, I think it's been interesting to watch both how employees have behaved, but also, again, as you as you said, how leaders feel safe and comfortable. Are people doing what they said? And some businesses have thrived. You know, yeah. they've done actually better. What about you, Sean? Did you, have you seen any? Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Say someone leaves for work at 7 o'clock in the morning, spends an hour going to work. I see people then I'll start work at 7 o'clock in the morning because that's when I'm in work mode, you know. Um, yeah. And if they don't get home till six o'clock, they'll work till six o'clock. Yeah. Um, so the, the employers are actually getting more hours out of lots of people. I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah, but traveling time, you know, they, they literally zoom to next to the next yeah. zoom, the next yeah. zoom, and then again, is that normal? You yeah. know, you have that little time in the car where you can just sort of relax a bit and take your mind yeah. off what you're doing. 
So I think it's been really, I've been really encouraging people to think about how you create something that gives you a break, for, for, gives your mind a break from whatever it is you're doing, looking at your computer. Um, and and yeah. hopefully some of the habits they've got into will, will continue. One of the things that I mentioned on a previous episode was I, I got a guy he couldn't get into work mode. So in the end, he'd get dressed for work, go out the door, walk around the block, come back in the house, start work. So we did all that. Um, same end of the day, you go the other way around. But we had to build into it also like lunchtime. He had to go out of the house and go and get a sandwich or whatever, or simulate getting a sandwich mm -hmm. rather. So, so he was actually replicating work situations yeah mm. I, I love that and i, I know uh, parents who've walked children around the block as if they're walking to school all oh, right yeah good yeah straight back in the house back into the kitchen and here we are and yeah. with one of my, somebody I, I know she's actually a friend and her i think she's three about three and a half four she literally is like come on we need to go we're going to be late we need to go and walk to school and she's like oh. she literally thinks she's walking to school bless her and she's walked straight back in the in the house but I love that idea of just being able to create mm. something that because those of us that have worked from home for a long time of course you know this yeah. is what we've been doing it's normal yeah. but I guess those that are very and I think like you said Ed, there are some people who who love it I know some people who are very reluctant now they don't want to go back in so so some of the businesses I'm working with have got quite an interesting dilemma because they've got some who absolutely can't wait to get back in yeah. And have really done not done well working on their own at home. Yeah. And then you've got some who are okay either way. And then you've mm -hmm. got some who do not want to. It's worked for them. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really interesting to see how you actually manage all of that. I, I've got one guy who would be here in the Wirral, but he had to go down to the West Country. And then when the lockdown happened, he was stuck in the West Country. Now he's in the West Country working for a company here. And he doesn't want to come back and it looks like he's going to be able to stay in cornwall and and work long distance you know, everyone's happy with that yeah sure i mean i think it'll work for some for some places i don't know about you sean but you know I, obviously i haven't traveled for business for the last year no. um and you know some of it you you've you've, you've adapted your, your programs yeah. and made your sessions work on on zoom and online um, and will we go back to it? You know, will businesses say, right, yeah. we want to pay you travel? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, will people say it? Probably not. <laughs> well, I was going backwards and forwards to Qatar um, and working over there. And it's like, oh, that's gone. I do it all online. But it'll never happen um, in reality again, you know, in, in the physical sense. Bad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm fascinated by all that stuff in terms of, yeah, how, how it plays out environmentally, obviously, we speak. There are big benefits mm -hmm. we had there, but ultimately we're talking also not just about that. We're talking about people's livelihoods and jobs and massive like systems of the economy, which are going to come grinding to a halt. So uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting back and watching and waiting to see what what happens. I'm not smart enough to to, to figure that all out really, but it's uh, it's going to be a feisty time in it on on planet Earth. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think like like you say, I know some businesses who are. Give, you know going to give up their office space because it's an, a, an expense that they now think well actually it does work from home mm. and and we'll have maybe pop-up offices where they go and have their team meetings or their bits and pieces mm. but you know from a travel point of view that's going to be great in a way isn't well, it, that people back, back in, in it must have been in the 80s when i was traveling around the country 
I lived on the Isle of Wight then. I was traveling all over the country doing staff support stuff and running a team of people. And uh, I'd stay in post house hotels and there was always this group of people in the various lounges sat having meetings and in the end me being nosy going talk to them. And there was a company called Digital who had realized everybody could work online. So they closed all their offices and everyone around the country was working online and connected that way. Uh, and that was back along then. Uh, but they got into the habit of each area would meet once a week in a post house hotel. So they had that physical contact with each other, they needed it. But that kind of got, gave them the balance, you know, which yeah. is good. Yeah. So, all right. Can we, let's, I want to give people a little recap, Alison, on the book Path Travelled. Um, before we kind of talk about how it's morphed into this online course. So do you want to give us a rundown again for those that, and I'll link, I'll link back to the episode previously uh, where we talked yes. about it a bit more in depth. Do you want to give us a little synopsis of what the, where the book came from and what kind of journey it takes people on? Yeah, of course. So the journey for writing the book itself did start with my, me processing my own stuff. Uh, first, I just decided to start writing Kind of what I'd, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, how I was working through things, and you know my own journey with my own training. All the courses I've ever been on are experiential, so you learn on yourself, you learn with your own stuff. So I guess I was always became very curious about how we can improve our minds and ourselves and our lives and our relationships and our communication. So I used to just write and write and write all about different concepts, different ideas. I would maybe work with a client and then think, well, right, well, I'll write about that, about you know, limiting beliefs or um, people pleasing or any of the bad habits that we get in around not looking after ourselves and the drama that we go into when we are not getting our own way. And so I would always just write and write and write. And then it was this huge Word document that didn't have any structure and no chapters and nothing like that. And then probably about three years ago, I met somebody who could, I think I showed it to Sean and he said, yep, go for it. So I found somebody who could help me put it into structure. And the book itself is, is a bit, it is a journey because at the beginning, we learn a little bit about the neuroscience about the mind and so very simply written how the mind works, you know, the, the, the difference between our conscious and our subconscious minds. Because I believe that if we understand a little bit more about that, we've got a greater chance of being able to understand ourselves. So there's a lot of that. And then there's a lot of kind of how the how we're influenced. So whether that's good or bad, you know, the, the childhoods that we've had, the types of people that have brought us up, it does influence who we are today. And what I really find useful it was for myself and is for people is if they understand why they might be doing something today as an adult based on something that's happened to them, not necessarily something traumatic, just the way they were brought up, how they were praised, um, how they were rewarded, how they were loved will have an impact and and I found over the years when someone's suddenly realizes that they're just keeping an old habit going that, that's now spent from back in when they were young it's like oh oh so I, I don't need to do that anymore so there's a load of stuff in about that then there's lots of stuff around the, the bad habits and the negative thoughts about we have ourselves a, a, a little of the chatter in your mind you know you can't do that don't be silly don't put yourself forward for that there's a lot of explanation around some of the behaviours that we get into. And then the, sec the sort of back half of the book is um, how you can then help yourself. So it then becomes a much more of a self-help book. So how you can um, look at your own thoughts and your own behaviours and your own feelings and 
challenge yourself. So it's got loads of exercises and case studies throughout it that help you stop and help you think, right, I'm going to work on this for myself. Uh, so the whole thing is, like I say, it's, it is a journey. It's a journey you go on. It's a journey I've been on. And um, I feel now that it's got legs, if you like. It's got its own little platform. People are talking about it. And, and I've had the most amazing feedback. And this is more about them than me. For Just to get a feedback from somebody to say, oh, my God, I have transformed my life because I've suddenly realized some of this stuff. That is the greatest gift for, for me, for somebody else to have. And that's what it's all about for me, for people to just make sense of themselves. And, you know, to, to get a message from someone to say, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm hardly sleeping because I can't put, you, put your book down. I mean, <laughs> that's just great. <laughs> you so, podcast so I think writing it was definitely... <laughs> yeah, definitely me. Writing it as well for me was proof, it, you know, it was the ultimate proof that I had believed in myself, being able to write it. A lot of my clients over the years have said, I wish you'd write all this stuff down that you've worked out a way to explain it to people. So I did. Um, and, you know, obviously chuffed that it's out there and people are finding it helpful, which is which is only ever what I would have ever wanted. I think that the classic for me is when you're running the courses or you've written the books and people say, why didn't anybody teach this when we were kids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you took this into school and you did it, especially as kids are going through adolescence, we would have a different world, you know? Wouldn't we just? Yeah. And it, it's really like the kind of work we end up doing either in the workplace or individually is, tr is trying to repair the damage that needn't have been done if people had been more awake at the time. Um, oh, couldn't agree with you more. Sure, couldn't yeah. agree with you more. If we could help children manage their their emotions and their limiting, you know, for me, if I do get a young person to work with, which you know I, I do, um, it's sad that somebody so young would need to come and see someone like me. However, if I get the chance um, and and can make a difference early doors and, yeah. and let them go and be adults now with this different way. I, I worked with a girl the other day. 16 really really anxious panic attacks had be obviously they created she she created this horrible situation for herself or, or the the mind who created a horrible situation for herself wasn't getting into school um one session i haven't heard from them since other than it's all great all i did was explain what was happening in her mind i just helped her understand the fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. i helped her understand what a conscious man was trying to protect her and her dad said you know, she's not completely free of anxiety, but she's in school and she's suddenly got a different way of viewing it. Mm. And I was like, where do you sign for that, really? You know, if you could give all kids that, mm. just that ability to understand that this is normal, but we don't yeah. have to kind of live with it, then, yeah. And that, I, I think that that's one of the keys. It's like, this is normal. You are not mad. This is an extreme of normal behaviour. OK, let's turn the volume down, get it back. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I would love, uh, you know, I'd love it to be part of, uh, you know, and maybe it will now. Maybe that'll be another thing where mental health is actually addressed in schools now. Maybe. Well, it kind of, it kind of, it is already actually stuff that my lads say that they go up to when they're in school. Um, yeah, that there are. It's it's coming through. You know, mental health in terms of a response to the pandemic and throughout the pandemic has been raised quite a lot you know uh, which is encouraging to see I guess I'm interested to chat both of you now about how uh 
you know, what's happened to us all in the last year, there's a real sense of like, people want to return to normal, don't they? And I can see why. And obviously, economically, the government uh, are desperate for things to return to normal. So that that line on the uh, the GDP can start ticking back up again. Um, but what, I'll start with you, Sean, if you want. But how are you, how are you working with people to kind of, as I know, nudge them or, or not to, to not treat the pandemic as a little blip, but as part of our, our journey, if you, if you understand what I mean, and not, not see it as something that yeah. we, we kind of wave goodbye to and then carry on? I think that the first thing is that normal doesn't exist. It's like when people have been away from normal, it's like they're running a race and they want to get through the ribbon and it'll all be normal and you'd never get to the ribbon because normal is what is how I'm coping with the world at this moment. And that's my norm. Um, and, and I think that that's going to be a big mistake. People get into, into a kind of a dis- depressed nostalgia because it's not like it used to be. And it's not going to be like it used to be. It's going to be different. And we will look back nostalgically and go, can you remember when? <laughs> but that when has gone, it's the past. We need to be actively involved in creating the present and the future, which is going to be fundamentally different. You know, um, it, it, It's a bit like before we had plastic, people used tin and bakelite. You know, and it's, it's like we, we dealt with our situation with what we had available to us. And that's what it's going to be like now. You know, um, and in many ways, we're in a magic situation if we're awake to it because we can create it. We can create the future as we want it to be, or we can slip into a sort of anarchical chaos, which has a potential. You can see it around different parts of the world, you know, where, where the lunars you have lunch with are all coming out to play. Um, and, that, and that's it's tough in some areas now, you know, and there's processing to do. But, uh, and I like Ed's view when he says, well, I, I just sit back and I watch this madness going on. Uh, and in many ways, that's about all you can do. You know, you can kind of help it and push it, prod it and kind of wave the flag go this way. You know, but in many ways, we have to observe how are we as a race of beings going to react to all this? How about you, Alison? <laughs> how are you using the lessons in the book to kind of, yeah, get people through the last year and get them on? In the, in the coming years ahead <laughs> I think it's um about responsibility mm. a lot of it comes down to I think you know Sean's absolutely uh, key on for being aware and being in the now you know if you spend too much time in the past it's not a good place normally never mind the current situation and obviously the future you know is created by what you do right now so the more we can get people to think of it like that and that they have got the um control what dare we say to, to create it however they want create their own happiness but I think that we, if we all took responsibility for ourselves you know and it sounds crazy to say that but but people don't you know people blame everyone else if we could just you know talk about blame in the book a lot you know if we blame anybody else our parents the government the police the your next door neighbor whatever you know if we all take responsibility for ourselves and our own emotional happiness it sounds idyllic, idyllic, but really, that is the key to it all, really. If we were just able to say, right, what do I need to do right now? So all that stuff's going on out there, what do I need? And I wonder, you know, how many people have started to do that in the current situation because some of the other noise and some of the other stuff has gone and, and wasn't there. So can we now start to really reflect? You know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I've really 
reflected on myself in this last year and and what do I want out of life and you know I'm hoping that we don't like John said we don't all rush to the normal uh line and hope that it'll be exactly like it well let no let's let's stay with what what you've gained really because I'm sure that everybody's gained some new stuff yeah whether that's letting go of old habits or whether that's creating new habits (laughs) Let's let's try and really be conscious and responsible about taking on that. But you know, we sometimes when people are pressured or stressed or busy, busy let, they go back to the autopilot of whatever the old habit was, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 it'll be interesting. But I think if we all just be interested in our own little journey, then we collectively will make up that bigger picture. Yeah, I, I love it at the moment. Every time I turn on the TV, it seems. Someone's going, have you tripped over a matchstick? Who can we sue for you? There could be money in this for you. There could be a claim, you know, um, as opposed to you might actually take responsibility for who you are, you know. Definitely. Look, look where yeah. you're going, you know. Oh, the whole blame thing. Like you say, every radio is, you know, dentist, blame them, uh, get money from here. Uh, if you've been, hadn't, oh, it's just like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, stop, stop now. Yeah, yeah. Once you're aware to it and alert to it, you just see it everywhere, don't you? Oh, it's horrible! It's just like stop now, just stop it. We can't continue to blame each other for everything. It's just yeah. not, not getting us anywhere either. You know, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yes, obviously, if something is horrific has happened that somebody's made a mistake on, that's a different thing. But after that, the rest is just stuff that we need to take responsibility for. Yeah. And it, it is the thing about if we all look after each other, we will all be all right. But we have to learn to look after each other. That's that's the key. <laughs> but I think the frustration for so many people, because it's very easy for, for you know for me to say, right, we need to take, all take responsibility for ourselves. But of course, this piece of kit in our heads, if it feels threatened, it will have you believing that that other person is in the wrong. Uh, it's, you know, that, that emotional response, as I always remind people, is five times quicker than any logic. Yeah, an irrational yeah. answer. So it will have you in that place, you know, so so quickly. And we have to respect that and manage that mm-hmm. piece of kit. And that's the skill when we take responsibility for ourselves and we can all stop shouting or retreating. Yeah. Again, you know, whichever it is that you, you do when you respond to something that isn't going your way. If we take responsibility for that response, you'll have a different result. And that's where the power lies. But that isn't easy to do. We know that. It's a hard, hard mm. um, thing to break. It's like the amount of times, and it is lots of times, people have said to me things like, you know what, cancer's the best thing that ever happened to me. And everybody goes, Ugh! you know, but it made someone stop. It made them get themselves together. They sorted their lives out. And you know what? They're really happy now, and they weren't before. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see if there's any people, many people who have had something like that happen this year. I know loads of people who, you know, jobs have changed. They've set up the business of their dreams mm-hmm. um, in this current situation and, and they're thriving, you know. So mm-hmm. even though, but we also know that there are a lot of people out there who haven't had that experience. So I think it's yeah. just being able to yeah. look out but for each there, other. There, there is a but on that, which, and this isn't me being a clever dick because it's okay for him, isn't it? I don't mean that, but it's like, it, it does come down to it's not what happens to us that's important it's how we respond to it yes some bad things happen horrible things happen in life okay what we're going to do now yeah, yeah we that's support each other we're going to be okay but that's it we have to be responsible for our reaction to what goes on 
100 percent. yeah and that's why most of my work is helping people see that yeah and yours 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 will be the same it's just helping people yeah. see that their reaction is just that and yeah. if you respond to the reaction yeah. that's where it usually gets you into yeah the key water. yeah yeah so tell us uh, alison a bit more about because the book has evolved now into a, a bit of an online course so tell us about how you managed to find some time to, to get that done and how, how it's structured and uh, yeah, how it's going. So that um, I guess has always been a, a dream of mine to have something like that. And if we are going to look for things being good, uh, I, w- I had the time to write it and prepare it during lockdown because I wasn't commuting. I wasn't running up and down the country, seeing various uh, people and, and teams. One of the things that happened early on last summer was um, I, I met, got a group together who were looking for some answers, some looking for some self-development. And we decided to do um, a programme. I, I sort of put together a small programme out of, out of the book, 12 session, 12 weeks. And we met every Thursday evening at seven o'clock. And there was 18 people on the, on the Zoom call. And we, I had a topic for each week and we would, out of the book, and we would basically bring the book to life, um, hold them accountable to the exercises, so catch up with them the following week and say, how have you got on? And, and they uh, they blew me away. They blew me away with how hard they worked and how well, and there's a few of them have done some video testimonies from that course, and they just, it's fabulous that they've really looked at themselves and challenged some of their limiting beliefs, and suddenly, wow, they've got all this confidence. So it kind of out of the success of that, I thought, well, it, it's quite hard for some people to, to meet every single week at a certain time and have to work. They might not have been in the right frame of mind to work on that day. So I was sort of observing the group really as they as they individually grew, but also as they grew as a group. And that got me thinking, well, now is the time for me to produce something based on this. So I had recorded all of the sessions. So I went back through them all got all the gems from it and all the things that people ask me um, that might not have been I might not have put them in because I hadn't thought of that and then I developed uh, 12 sessions which there are so there are videos for each session they're on average about 10 minutes long Um, and each one is a topic so it'll be how your mind works is one topic drama is another topic the habits and patterns that we get into is another topic there's one around beliefs and basically, you, you are able to download all the exercises. They're interactive, so you can either just type them into the platform or you can print them out. People can write on them. And they go on this journey. But for some, I have had feedback, and I'm sure Sean has too, books. You know, some people don't like reading books. Some people find books very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. And I decided that this platform, being able to give people a chance to watch a video where I explain something, the video's... Um, are quite interactive I've had them produced you know it's been produced professionally and again it gives people a resource so that when the live session was gone what I noticed about these girls is they they remembered what they remembered but obviously being able to play it back um, whenever you wanted to and just what was that thing I just wanted to go and check what was that thing because what I like about this kind of work is do a little chunk and then go on and have a little play and and think about it for yourself and then come back and then do a little chunk because I think that's how we all learn this Mm. stuff it is a language that you need to learn and Mm. you know if you if you were learning a foreign language you wouldn't learn it in 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 one 
one go so you, you would be able to do that and that's so that's how it was born really the, the whole concept of it was out of yeah. out of this idea of having a live session which it, I, I still would do but I think you've got to have people who are can come and be on a call at the same time every week so and there's a there's a social aspect to it there's a, a Facebook group people can join and kind of yeah help and mentor each other a little bit yeah, so I decided, I was thinking about how can I connect people and how can I continue to support them? So if they've gone off and bought the book, there is a private Facebook group, which has just got people who are on the programme of working through it. And the idea is, and it's still, I'm still developing this, but the idea is it's a safe place for everyone to be able to share or ask questions or share their, wow, their, their sort of light bulb moments. And again, this is what this group did. They would come on each week and they would share with each other and they would ask each other questions and then they were starting to cross ask each other questions and not always ask me and I, I love that idea of a, a group of like-minded people who have been on a journey together and I'm on that journey with them I can answer questions obviously and be, be with them and I will do lives and and kind of just keep keep them developing keep them supporting themselves really it's a, a safe yeah. place yeah beautiful yeah Sean what are you thinking man are you at uh... I mean, you've been doing a lot of online stuff as well, obviously. I mean, before even all this started off, have you? Yeah, have I, you I was doing about 50% online around the world. Um, so, I mean, my, my most extreme days would be to start in Saudi Arabia at six in the morning and end in Canada at 10 at night. And it can be all, all over the place as well, you know. Um, the, um, I mean, obviously with lockdown, I have so many people that said I'd never use that that stuff. I'd never go on the screen. I'd never. And suddenly they're there talking to me now. Sure. Um, um, obviously, the, the issues of face-to-face -face contact are so important, not just from um, a cognitive point of view, from an emotional, intuitive, even the smell of people. You know, we forget what people smell like. You can't smell, you need smell o vision or something so that we can actually contact people. And so there is, there is a difference. There is a huge difference. And I, I have people now that I've worked with all over the world who I've only ever seen from here up. I've, you know, we've never met. You know, I don't know where they got legs. You know, it, it's like we, we have that relationship. And if that's fine, that's okay. But it's a different kind of relationship. Now, as human beings, we are designed to kind of touch. Just go, just go down to, to Chester Zoo and watch the chimpanzees in, in, in the, that towel thing. They can't stop touching each other because that's what group animals do. And we do, whether it's shaking hands or having a hug or whatever. And it's not in a mask, socially distanced. And that's the bit that we have to get back again. Um, yeah, we was... will, but it might take quite a while. to get. I know, back. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I met someone on the World Way um, we were doing a bit of a ride with me fan boat and um, zoomed past someone and recognised the face and then thought, ah, that's, that's you know who that I've been speaking to on Zoom for like the last few months, once a week. <laughs> so Real I stopped. Person. Yeah. <laughs> Spun around and she's like, ah. And she said, oh, I'd love to give you a hug, but we can't, can we? I was like, no, it's not yet. Um, sorry, but it was, yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, she's got legs. I didn't, I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> she's a person, a real um, person. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll finish up really by just talking about what do you think is going to happen in the next few months? I was watching a movie last night, as I said before we came on, um, A Star is Born with um, Lady Gaga. Uh, and there's a bit where they do a duet 
early on together, like next to sharing a microphone. And my first thought was, they're too close, they're too close. So, <laughs> and then obviously I thought, oh my gosh, what is wrong? I, I'm so messed up. Um, but yeah, how are you thinking, Alison, that the next few months are going to go um, for, for people you work with and, and friends and family as well? I think because we've been doing it for so long, it has become a habit. So, you know, they say habits form in it, however, you know, some people, some science says 21, 24, 28 days. So we've been doing this for a long time now. So it has become a habit, you know, where we are in our homes in the evening, particularly. I know I feel like that, you know, the thought of actually getting ready and going out for dinner, it's like, wow, that's a whole new thing. So I think there's going to be a real range of responses. I think there'll be some people who are absolutely dying for it and they'll just go for it. And they'll be out there large and they'll be, whether that's a, a slightly younger generation, I'm not sure yet. But I think there, are, there is a lot of uncertainty and a lot of anxiety around the normal and whatever, like we said, we don't know what normal is. We've got to create a new normal. Um, and even then, that whatever that means, will be different for all of us. So doing little speech marks in the, in the sky, because what is that? What is it anyway? Um, and I think it, it, it is, I think it's about pacing for people to pace themselves however they feel is right and do it their way. But, I, but equally, I think, We've got to push ourselves. You can't, you know, it, an answer won't be to not socialise and not see people because I think there will be some people who who might adopt that position and I think that's not the place to go. It's, it's For me, it's about working out how you want to come back out, for want of a better word. Mm. Um, but respecting the fact that everyone's different. You know, we aren't all the same. We don't want to do it the same way, just like we, we're not the same anyway. You know, it's, again, it's yeah. the same kind of thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I get accused of being negative by some groups when I say some of the things that I see and feel going on around me. But my bottom line is, I think we're about two years away from any level of normality. And I think we're a generation away of people processing the damage that's been done, especially to kids in this. Uh, and because of the kind of the, the, the socialization or the lack of socialization, all that kind of stuff that's gone on. And I think yeah. this is a far bigger issue than people have accepted. You know, they, they want kind of like next week, we'll be out of it. And I think we're talking about long-term stuff here. Yeah. Um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if in a year's time, we're still wearing masks and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff because we still need to. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, it's the, learning how, how to live with it, isn't it? Because it's not going to go away. No. It's, it's, it's a thing that we have to be conscious of and be... Mm take responsibility for ourselves yeah yeah but that, that whole idea about children being scared of what's going to happen to their own grandparents because you know they've heard it on the news you know the fact that people have been brought up kids have been brought up with everybody wearing a mask mm. you know there's no facial features to relate to you know how do we learn about communication well we look at each other and we use our face you know as part of our communication there's a whole <laughs> load of kids that are missing it you know? yeah I, I, we, I was at friends uh yesterday in the garden um in the howling wind oh it was quite sunny and the snow had stopped by the time we got there um, <laughs> and they've got they've got their youngest child was three months old when things shut down um so she's basically spent her whole life you know with her parents um uh, her, bro her brother her older brother and the the occasional you know, grandparent visit and, and time with so uh 
yeah, I was, I was, I was watching it. You know, you never know when, where the kids were. I, I did make her cry just by looking at her. I don't know whether that's just because she was freaked out by me, just generally. <laughs> yeah, you have that effect on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> or she, yeah, or it's like, who's this person in my garden, you know, that I'm not used to seeing? And so, like you say, it's, it's going to take yeah. a generation to, to play out. But if, if you spend your early years with people saying, you don't touch, don't go in there, don't go, you know, and then suddenly say, go and give, go and, go and give them a couple. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. How do you get over that? And you know how people build anxiety anyway, especially young people, any young person that I've worked with, they've built anxiety because people have said, don't touch that, don't do that. It's a thing. It's it's what we do to try and protect our children. But I think what I think the other thing, if we want to try and flip it over, young people as well, you know, have shown great resilience as well. Um, You know, really, we all have. We've all coped. You know, most people have. Obviously, some people have found it harder than others. but. It's about how we can build on that, really, and how yeah. you know, young people are very adaptable and have continued to adapt. It's not ideal. Yes, we won't know the impact. I feel the certain pockets of kids you feel really sorry for, depending on their age, you know, what, what they've missed out on. Certain kids have missed out because of a different age, you know, the year yeah. sixes who went into secondary yeah. school and didn't have any of that prep. I mean, that's quite a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. University, first year, uni kids. you know, No freshers year. Oh, they just haven't had what they should have had at all. My nieces are in that place. It's just like, oh, such a shame. You know, there's definitely some that you think, wow, they haven't had it, but they've also found other skills and other ways of being, and hopefully they can build on those and have those for life. Yeah, and the good news is that the um, <laughs> the industry of the future is psychological support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, yeah. you do, if yeah. you want a job for life, go and train. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um cool are we all happy yeah anyone else you want to mention anything else in particular sean are you uh, happy with that no I'm, I'm good lovely to see Alison. you must come back and tell us about your new book and uh we need to have a whole episode on that we do yeah, yeah. do you want to alison you've got another one in the works actually do you want to quickly uh tell us tell us what that, the, uh, that one's yeah, all about so i've decided so when i was writing my first book a path traveled when I looked at my manuscript, there was quite a lot of content that was very specific on intimate relationships. And I felt that the path traveled was much more about the relationship you have with yourself. And obviously it was about communication. So obviously other people are in there too, but there was quite a lot of content that I pulled out and thought, well, one day, you know, I'll chuck that in a, a second book around relationships. And then of course we are in our second or third or whatever it was lockdown. So I got it. I got this chunk of work out and realized actually this really was quite a lot um so and because I've learned so much about how to structure a book I was able to put a proper structure in place before I started feeding this information into a structure so a a second book kind of appeared much easier than than the first ever Um, and then because we've still been locked down I've been working towards that so this is much more it is a follow-on from a path traveled um, but it is very much around how intimate relationships work and how we work within them so looking at the negative unhealthy relationships and habits we get into along with the healthy one and how to maybe make it more healthy so it's it's been quite I've quite enjoyed writing this one because I've been able to remember because I'm doing it in a short space of time I, I, I know where things are whereas I think a path travel for a long time I couldn't remember oh I've already written about that oh gosh I've written it about three times and that because it was so disjointed so I've learned so so much about how to to kind of write and things so this time 
I'm much more, I feel like it's a whole book and I've written it as a whole book. So I'm yeah. quite excited. And I'm hoping that that'll be out around June. Right. Cool. And, all right. Yeah. We'll get you back on the show to talk all about it. Excited to read it. Yeah. Nice one. That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. We usually do a resource of the week now, actually. Sean, have you got anything that's uh, you've come across in the last? Uh, no, I, I, I think we need to give this to Alison. I mean, okay. the resources, anyone that hasn't bought it needs it. Um, okay, you cool. need to look at, we need to uh, make a, a link to your online course so that people yeah. can sign up for that. Um, and um, we need to do the, the pre intimate relationship book. Does it have a name? don't know what to call it yet i really don't i don't because it, because a path traveled is called a path traveled how to make sense of your life there's a there's a possible thought around saying a path traveled how to make sense of your relationships and make it kind of so that it really is part of the same process or what, 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 what about a path that you share oh path shared or something that's what you do Ooh. when you're in a relationship isn't it? you share oh, your path sure. i love that <laughs> i'm having that <laughs> it's going to want to mention now dedication i think It'll dedication in the book i will <laughs> yeah and, and I, I think we need to finish on the fact is when's ed going to write his book oh yeah it's just me missing yes. now isn't it i know yeah. well, I, mm, I, i'm thinking about it and mine would have to be on car culture and like the end the end of everything so uh yeah <laughs> hot, topic. hot topic <laughs> the, the end of the path by it. <laughs> yeah, no more paths. Or yeah, no no cars down this path or something like that. No more roads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. All right, cool. I want to say, Alison, as well, you came and helped me and Tanya with Rethink um, again, probably about a year ago or, or so. Uh, and yeah, we spent half a day with you going through our business and getting it all mapped out. And it was an amazing experience. And I still think back to that. So yeah, thanks for your time back then as well. No, you're welcome. Always good. Always good to just give people space. I love. My, one of my biggest things is to give people, whether it's an individual or a group or a team, some safe space for them to think for them. Because that's often what we don't do. We're too busy on to the next thing. We don't have that creative space that yeah. we create and, and, and attention, you know, yeah. giving people attention so they can hear what they're saying and, yeah. and then have somebody reflect it back. Cool. Yeah. All right. Highly Good. recommended. All right. Thanks very much. We'll link to uh, yeah to Alison's books and all your social media profiles down in the description. Get in touch, and uh, we'll be back next week for more fun and games. Alison, thanks again for coming on. I'll see you again soon. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. You take, take care. care. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.